This is the Motion Martial Arts Podcast. On today's episode, we talk to longtime friend Dave Gloss. We discuss leadership strategies. Thanks for listening. All right, uh, we're here again, and today we have a longtime friend of mine, uh, Dave Gloss, with us, who his martial arts experience comes from wrestling. But um, we're going to talk about leadership and different leadership strategies and you know, if you are a martial artist who has any interest in owning your own business or being an instructor, you're going to be put in leadership positions in a leadership role. And if you're not equipped to deal with that, you're going to potentially run into problems. Even if you are equipped to deal with it, you're still going to run into problems. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the reasons why I thought about you is because you're somebody who has obviously been in leadership roles in multiple different facets of your life but one of the main things that is that you at one point were owning or owned your own company mm-hmm. which uh I, I feel like is a great perspective for people um yeah so i guess do you want to introduce yourself a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i think that's pretty much a good introduction i, I just I, I appreciate the chance to come in and just you know connect with you guys you know you know the I think the opportunity to talk about things that A, you're passionate about and B, you can try and find a way to make money around and and C, be able to help and train and support and build community around. Like those are things that like, I think when you can make all those kind of sync together, like there's no like leadership, there's no business, there's just kind of like the doing and and, and the kind of nice results that come from that. So I can share a little bit about. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we've talked about on here plenty of times before but it's kind of you need to make a living mm-hmm. you know but i'm a big believer that you know, you should strive to enjoy you know whatever you're doing to make a living so otherwise you're just selling you know like a part of your life you know just to just to get by and the community aspect with martial arts specifically is also a really interesting one that we've also plenty of times has come up how you know because it's so much it's so ingrained in martial arts practice and martial arts culture this the concept of self-development and self-improvement mm-hmm. that it really creates very strong community ties between practitioners so it's good yeah. stuff so before we start jumping into leadership stuff let's talk about uh wrestling <laughs> a little bit because that again that's your martial art yeah. and that's kind of some somewhat of a connection here um so you wrestled, I guess, only in high school, right? Yeah, I wrestled in high school. I did club when I was in college. Um, I ended up tor- tearing my right rotator cuff my in, doing a clinic in between my junior and senior year. I wrestled my whole life. and um, uh, did, I started wrestling for our, our school team when I was in middle school. Um, did primary clubs before for that. And when I ended up going to boarding school as part of the private school league, um, which I thought was a... Really interesting thing. So in in, in Pennsylvania, um, you know, there's a few states that are just like powerhouse uh, wrestling school, uh, wrestling states. So, you know, like university wise, you always hear about like, you know, out west with like Iowa and those types of schools that have been just doing it for great for for years. But you have like Pennsylvania, you have New Jersey, you know, like Connecticut has some crazy teams that that come from the leagues. Um, uh, But the private school league, you have a really interesting opportunity where you're competing um, against a bunch of schools that have to come together. They don't have their own um, uh, system. So like in Pennsylvania for the public school league, you have like the PIAAs and all those different yeah. things. But um, you have like this, these series of schools that come together and both train together as well as compete on the national level. So it was cool to be able to, um, you know, I wrestled at 145 
<laughs> I wrestled at 145 uh, and uh, 152. I um, made it through states, took second at states, um, and then went to nationals and uh, uh, placed eighth at nationals when I was my junior year. But again, that summer was not the best. <laughs> uh, so most people, I think, don't realize or don't really consider wrestling a martial art. I do, and I think Dan's in agreement with, with considering Absolutely. a martial art. So, uh, like, the amount of discipline that you have to, had to have, right, to get to a point where you're having success on the mat, mm-hmm. you know, what has that given you in other aspects of your, of your life? I had a coach, um, Dominic LaRusso, um, which, you know, it, it's so funny. We always, like, call him, like, the karate kid ourselves. <laughs> um, I, but he, like, there's always something that he always said to everything to us when we were training, which was, like, where do you think or what do you think you're, the person you're competing against is doing right now? Yeah. You know, like, he's, he's putting another hour on the bike. He's putting another hour on the mat. He's putting another, like, there's something else that they're doing. And anytime you feel like you're about to quit... Because it's such a, an individualistic sport. You know, yes, you have your team, yeah. your community, whatever. But when you're actually getting out on the mat, like, it's you. You know, and your mindset and your preparation for, for competing. Um, you know, I think I was never the most technical, you know, person. I was yeah. never, like, I never had a, that killer instinct that, like, would allow you to go and, like, and, yeah, yeah. and compete at Iowa or whatever. But, like, you know, I was never going D1. I was never going, like, this, the private leagues though competitive were never like on the same par yeah. as public. Um, but like, I never had that killer instinct, but I always like, nobody was going to out prepare me. Nobody yeah. was going to ever out like train or anything. Like that was the one thing that from a mindset perspective that allowed me just to get a solid foundation of anything that you do, being able to really just, you know, that's the only thing nobody else can take away from you. They might have to be better than you, but they can't take away what you put into getting ready. For yeah. You. Well, I, I think that that's an interesting uh, sort of perspective and also it's, it's something that I think rings true a lot with any sort of competitive thing mm-hmm. even even outside of martial arts anything that's competitive it can be the job interview mm-hmm. right well, I think <laughs> or a presentation yeah. at work right uh, so if you're going to out prepare people you have an advantage right then and there mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you know there's other things like one of the things that I feel like gives me a huge advantage when I compete is that I'm like so I, I played these shows in front of all these people. So I'm not going to get nervous performing in front of people. There's right. no nervousness. So I'm like, okay, I'm more relaxed than the other person, you know? And, and of course preparation is a part of that as well, mm-hmm. but it's like all these other things lead to success, you know, besides just like who is the most physically gifted. You mm-hmm. can, you can outwork somebody who's physically gifted. You can outwork somebody who is, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, maybe they're a phenomenal doctor, but they, they're lazy. Yeah. They're only going to get so far. Yeah, my, my dad always said, like, somewhere in the world is the world's worst doctor. Yeah. And he has patience. Yeah. <laughs> he has patience. <laughs> but it's the truth, right? And, and probably a large part of that is probably somebody who's extremely talented but just lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, that, that, that's we, – we have uh, the, the football game on in the background. and <laughs> Even within the context right now, it's uh, – the uh, playoffs, wild card round, Seattle versus Philadelphia, but lots of those guys that are probably on the field aren't aren't 
they, they probably just outworked somebody who was more talented. Dude, next man up. That's sure. what I love yeah. about the Philly team. Like, yeah. like their whole mentality of how they won a couple of years ago and how they're even somehow in the playoffs right now. Yeah. It's like, next man up. Like, you get your shot, be ready for that shot. Yeah, I know a guy that played football in college, and I think he tried out for the NFL but didn't quite make it. And he mm-hmm. was saying that at that level, when you get to the very highest, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. true of any sport, but he was talking specifically about football, is that everyone is physically gifted mm-hmm. that yeah. makes it to that level. So then what makes it different? You know, when you're already at the top, in the top 1% of athletes <laughs> in your sport, yeah, yeah. what makes you the top, you know, the 0.1%? It's, that it's no longer something that's physical. Yeah, it's, it's that mental edge. Mental. And that's, it really makes me think of the term um, physical education. Hmm. You know, it's like we kind of probably, I kind of, at least from my own experience, you know, like gym class, PE, yeah. in school is like a joke. You know, there's nothing there. <laughs> We talk about wrestling, you know, the way you're describing it now, and of course, our experiences with you know, jujitsu and for me with karate. You know, it's that's the way that I always would think of it. That it's like it's real physical education. Mm-hmm. That and there are things that I think that you can learn through physical adversity. That you know, you can't. It's not that they're totally isolated, and you can't learn them from other things that you might do in your life. But I think that. Any kind of athletics is particularly suited to teaching things like work ethic and determination. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something that's kind of special. Well, and also, it. like, what, what you're sharing also brings up the component of, like, ownership. There's a really great um, book, and I think that Jocko, uh, Jocko Podcast, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like if, you, if you've had the chance to read Extreme Ownership, like, there's yeah. something powerful in that. It's like, sure. there's no one else. Like, once you get to the place where you own literally everything that's happened, successes, failures, whatever, yeah, like, yeah. then there's nothing there that's gonna, that you can say, like, well, this is why I went wrong and why I won't be able to achieve that. Or this yeah. is why, like, I, I'm the best, you know, yeah. you know, and, but not acknowledging all the other things that led to it. Like, that, you miss it. That's the, his big... Um, saying is that discipline equals freedom yeah and, you know you find freedom through discipline that you're yeah. no longer controlled by you know everything outside of you mm-hmm. that's yeah, just all on you and yeah. that, he, he says that thing a lot too yeah. about how motivation will fail you mm-hmm. but discipline won't right yep. mm-hmm. motivation comes and goes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. no it's really yeah, 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 you know yeah. there's no excitement in in the preparation and the discipline there's yeah. no like um you know, there's nobody cheering you when you're <laughs> when you're just putting in the work. There's a so the documentary that was made about Rosetta. Yeah. The the guy who owned the record label that put out all the old school Rosetta records, the, the first three records. He says in that DVD, he's like, I don't even think they know why they do it anymore. It's just something that they have to do. Hmm. It's like they've been at it for a long time. Most most bands don't don't stick around this mm-hmm. time. It's just something that they have to do. You know, it's something that fulfills them. It's just something you have to do. I feel the same way a lot of times. There's days I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like training. I'm sore. I'm tired. I'm like, I really would much rather stay at home and eat a pizza. I'm like, no, that's just this is what something do. I do. Yeah, you know, yeah. this, this is the only way I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And I, I you know I have to be there. 4.30 on Monday, I have to be there. <laughs> I, 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 I commend anybody that's able to do it with that level of consistency. Consistency. That's where my like actual... Like, I talk about the discipline and all this other shit, but I also acknowledge the shit that I fucking suck at. <laughs> like, I, as much as I hear you saying yeah, that, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, 
trying to think, what do I have in my life that's definitely that? And I'm like, I'm sure there are things, but my yeah. mind is oriented to all the ways in which I'm failing, which actually has helped me be successful. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, my, like everybody tells me, like I do a shitty job at acknowledging where I do what I do things well and yeah. what I've accomplished or whatever. I'm always picking, like picking at like, oh, it didn't do that right, or I'm not doing this enough, or yeah, you know. And it goes both ways. I saw a a cartoon the other day that like somebody was saying like, you know, I really should be like working harder. And then like the like the some demon is like, but you also can like take better care of yourself. And he's like, yeah, I should probably take better care of myself. And it's like, how am I failing at both of these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. So to move on, uh, I think for me, the main leadership thing position I want to talk about is uh, when you own your own company. Mm-hmm. So if we want to talk about that a little bit, but I mean, any other sort of leadership roles and experience you want to talk about before we start really talking about what is some leadership advice that you can give to people? Yeah. Um, I think just going back to like, I guess my orientation to what leadership is and like, there's so many books and articles and like podcasts. There's a lot of stuff out there about leadership, but you know, anything that we do and everything we do, there's some form of leadership and it really comes to again, ownership, responsibility. Yeah. There's like little parts of it that we're doing. Even, in, even with groups of friends, like there's, there, there's roles, like somebody that's yeah. like, all right, we're going to eat Chinese tonight. <laughs> you know, so like, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to make it this elusive thing that like you have to do certain things to be a leader. Yeah. We all show up as leaders in our lives in different ways. So, um, you know, for me, I think, the first sort of introduction to it and it's more formal was like in military school. Yeah. You know, so going to, to a private military academy, you know, you really were like, here are some foundation principles about how you work with your people. How do you motivate people? How do you keep people accountable? But in order to do those things was about like yourself. Yeah. Right. Like in order for you to hold others accountable, how do you hold yourself accountable? Um, you know, so like from the business perspective, um, you know, even in that, like we we ran a, a creative agency for five years that focused exclusively on creating like branded campaigns, marketing campaigns for nonprofits. So helping like fundraising and you know, developing their brands and videos and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, moderate success. You know, like we broke a million. Like yeah. that was nice. Like in five years, it was a fun time. Um, but I, like, the, it's funny. The lessons that I learned from that were all the things I learned when we took it apart. Right. Yeah. Like the, all of the things, again, like we, we did some awesome stuff, you know, but, you know, working with like Susan G. Komen and like all these major brands, but you know, the things I learned was actually what I learned as we were taking the business apart that I would, I would have liked to have done differently. Yeah. You yeah. know, so the, most of the lessons come from, from that place. Yeah. You know? Um, like, you know, one of the biggest ones I think is choosing the right partners. You know, from the very beginning, choosing the right people to work with and knowing why you're choosing them. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding, you know, what is it that you want to accomplish? What areas are you, where are your personal strengths, where are your personal, like, weaknesses? And yeah. how do you surround yourself with smarter people than you? You know, I think I look back on that period and I was like, I was playing leader. I liked people listening to what I was saying. I like people like being like, oh, that was a great idea. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, of course it was. It's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that type of shit. Um, but like real leadership is, is doing it for, you know, ensuring those around you are successful, not just those people. You have people around you to make you successful. Well, yeah. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm glad that you kind of brought up this uh, choosing your partners sort of thing because this is something that's a huge thing on every relationship in your life. Like, mm-hmm. 
uh, I think I read something, I don't know, it could be nonsense, but it was like, you, you're, you're like the sum of the five people you spend yep. most of your yeah. time with. Hmm. Again, I, who knows how true that is or isn't, but I think there's something to be said I about that. I to it, for sure. Yeah, like, like, you know, if you're surrounding yourself with other people that are motivated and goal-driven and honest and focused, I think that you're going to be more that way. If you're surrounding yourself with people that are like, yeah, I'm just okay with getting by with the bare minimum. Right. I'm yeah. just okay being mediocre at everything. Like, it's yeah. just okay to be mediocre. Um, I think it's human nature a little bit. We're, you know, a social species, you know. So that's just, I think that the way that people are thinking, the things that people are doing around you, you kind of just can't avoid it having an influence over your own mentality. Of course. And the things that you're doing. And that's why, I mean, everybody, I think, has had times in their life like that when you have to kind of push somebody out because you might care about them, but you know that having them in your life all the time, you know, is not good for you. It's not making you, the per, you know, the kind of person that you want to be. They might, they might have served you at a period in your life, yeah. you know, like it was yeah. definitely people in our lives that I remember like when I was like 17, like, like, yeah. they were fucking great. <laughs> Today, I'm 36, I'm have a baby on the way, I got a mortgage, like sure. not the yeah. same people anymore, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, but I think to, to kind of, you know, continue on that thread of the right people around you and such, it's not, you know, it's not just the values alignment, I think is one thing. It's yeah. really important. But I think that honest inventory of, of yourself as to what you are, like, where you need support and strength. Yeah. And also, it's not just like a one-to-one on that. So, um, I think we've all been in relationships or had partners or whatever, where it was like one and one made two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not enough. One and one needs to make five. Yeah. Like if when you start having those multiplier effects and you start able to discern, you know, the people around you, and that also includes like for 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 people who are starting a school or starting a business or whatever, like your clients fall into that category. Like if you take yeah. on shitty clients, like that means you're going to spend more time dealing with that yeah. stuff or whatever. So oh, absolutely, feeling comfortable firing clients is like an okay thing and uh, surrounding yeah. yourself. Like the that. people that come into your business to a certain extent are a reflection of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And with martial arts, I and mean, that's such a big thing too, because I mean, if you, if you, if there's somebody that you have in your school mm-hmm. that is not pleasant to be for the other people mm-hmm. you train around. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, those kinds of situations are some of the hardest that I think that you face as a teacher Mm -hmm. is that it's like you have a certain relationship with this person, but you have to weigh it based on the the bigger community. I actually had a a situation on Friday myself where um, we have we have a policy in place for sparring and we have open training that's Mm -hmm. welcome for anybody. But the policy is six months of training. You have to do six months of jujitsu and there were two kids that had been coming that I, I don't know what the full story is, but they, they aren't allowed to train. And I had to have the conversation after they'd already been coming for a little bit being like, Hey, I'm sorry. This should have probably been brought up a while ago, but this is our policy and mm-hmm. this policy is in place for a reason. And the reason why that even came up, they probably would have gotten away with it for a little bit longer, but they'd hurt somebody who mm-hmm. is an actual paying client, a paying student. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so this guy is now hurt. He had to go to the ER. He had to go get stitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's affecting his ability, and you're not even your training anywhere. Right. You're That's not training it. anywhere. Uh, and I was like, I, and I, I was like, listen, I will help you find a school. You can come train here, but you have to you have to put in the work like everybody else. Like if you want to do jujitsu, 
that's that's what it is. You yeah. have to you have to go and train. And they they seemed a little upset, but I was like, like this is there's nothing to be upset about. If you want to do jujitsu, you got to do what everybody else does. You need to go do jujitsu. Yeah, sure. Like if you if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's something. I think there's something in that. There's a there's a standard and there's a there's a healthy boundary that's being created that like either one calls you forward as like the student to want to reach that next level such that you can then you know be able to train the way that like you see others training and also too again for like you create that space where everybody's yeah. like yeah all right i feel good being here yeah. because the brand experience you have right now is somebody that's like motherfucker these dumbass kids didn't follow the rules <laughs> this school doesn't manage anybody right and like yeah. i got hurt like that's the story there's they might be saying I yeah, exactly. you guys have a good community but like you know but yeah the, the, those that. things matter you know uh it matters big time yeah yeah, it's just if you bring bad energy to a class, you know, if you're the kind of person that is always complaining about everything, doesn't want to push themselves, mm-hmm. so therefore you're surrounded by people who are trying to push themselves and you just have nothing but complaints, you're a little bit too fragile, you're too afraid of getting hurt, you don't accept, you know, the risks that come with practicing any martial art, mm-hmm. it just brings people down. It's just a bad, you know, and it's one of those things that, I mean, I think, and talking about leadership specifically it's just one of those decisions that's so hard to make you know because you're the one that's your responsibility you're the one that's got to make that determination when you decide you're going to you know kind of cut a limb of the tree off you know so that the rest of it can you know can grow bigger yeah well i think it's 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 interesting the way that like when you think about it right and one of the things that i've been committing myself the last few years so like i i've been out of the entrepreneurship game for a little bit yeah i've been through a couple other uh, venture back tech companies, you know, been through acquisitions, like seen some like crazy things when weird groups come together and, and whatever. One of the things that I think is really, um, you know, important that, um, we can get into, uh, is understanding, you know, team dynamics and understanding really what are the underlying things that get manifested as people not following the rules or people being disruptive or whatever. Like there are some underlying things that, you know, if we're able to identify them, you can attack those root causes versus having to trim the limb of the symptom. Yeah. So there's a, we're about to take a short break, but, um, there's something I saw recently that was talking about. I think it was it might have been a military thing. They were like, "Who's your best performer, but your worst guy?" As mm-hmm. far as like the people that nobody likes, and they're like, "Everybody knows who that guy is." They're like, <laughs> "He gets the job done, but nobody likes him." Yeah. And they're like, "Who's the guy who maybe doesn't do the, do the best job, but everybody loves being around him?" Yeah. And they're like, "That person there." And they're like, "You want more of that person because everybody trusts him and everybody wants to be around him, and that makes the whole environment better." The other person who's winning and killing everything and just crushing their goals, yeah, they, they, they serve a purpose, mm-hmm. but they're turning off a lot of people and it makes a lot of people not want to come to work. <laughs> I, I, I agree and I, I have some commentary on that. So when we come back from break, I, I'll, I'll definitely give some thoughts. All right. Yeah, we'll be back in a sec, guys. Thanks. And we're back and yeah, let's pick up where we left off. <laughs> no, we were just saying sort of on the break, right? Yeah, like yeah. That whole idea of like how do you deal with like that asshole and how do you deal with like the, the person who's coming up. Um, it's like your A players, you know, who are just assholes. Like, yeah, you can keep them around because they get institutional knowledge. They get something you can, you know, pull upon. But if it's disrupting, like don't worry about it. Yeah. The same thing on the other side for those folks that like aren't producing. Like you invest in developing them. Yeah. But like how do you identify the folks in the middle? 
Yeah. Because like you need to take your if you can move like your B player your C players to Bs and your B players to As, like you can like you can cut off the rest of the fucking like <laughs> on both ends of the extreme. You know. But oh, so within that context though, what you're talking about, great leaders and great teachers or whatever, they raise the level of everybody else, mm-hmm. right? So that that's a that's a, a huge part of being a good leader is that you bring out the best in everyone to a certain extent. Yeah, well, I and, think it's yeah, they're good. Yeah, and sometimes that that's telling people things that might make them dislike you in the short term, like being like, hey, your performance at this thing sucks and it sucks because of these reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and people sometimes don't want to hear that. I mean, I feel like as a society more and more, there's more like kind of this idea of trying to make everybody feel good all the time, which yeah, everybody does want to feel good all the time, but sometimes you need the cold hard truth. Like, Hey, you're, you're great at this thing, but I noticed you're a terrible communicator. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like you, the way you communicate with everybody else in the room, nobody likes you. <laughs> you know, like, like, so you need to fix your communication skills. You know, it's we love that you're hitting all these goals, but you're making everybody else miserable. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and, and you know, people sometimes don't want to hear that, but that's what a great leader does. You know, well, you, what you're what you're going into right now is actually, you know, it's it even goes a little bit finer, right? So I can imagine as you go from, you know, as you progress through your belts, you progress through whatever's within your discipline, you know, there's little moments of finesse, there's little moments of nuance that you get to pick up when you're doing a specific move or, or you're seeing someone you're working yeah. with, right? So the same thing, even what you just described is like, you know, I even see like hammer nail, right? Yeah. Like somebody has some, you need to give feedback. But feedback can be delivered in two ways. It can be delivered both compassionately or candidly. Yeah. Right? So being able to understand how to finesse that moment where feedback yeah. must be made, but is there a way you can which you can share it that's like, listen, I want to let you understand. I see how hard you're trying yeah. and you are contributing, but when you're communicating the impact on others, you know, actually doesn't allow you to achieve your end goal. Yeah. Or the way you're talking isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> like you're being a dick. Like, and there's two different ways. And sometimes the situation calls for one of those. And the, de- and the, the, the responsibility of a great leader is not only to understand what needs to happen, whether it's supporting someone by sharing feedback or setting goals or finding solutions, right? Yeah. Those are like the foundations. But is it compassionate or candid? Is it, you know, using more in, like inquiry, asking them to come out and find their own solutions or advocating like, this is what I want you to do go do it this way, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, it's like that nuance is really important. Well, again, it comes down to, it comes back to the relationship thing because Mm -hmm. you need to know your people and you need to know what they need to hear, what moments, how they need to be talked to and what motivates some people and what, what doesn't work for some people. Yeah. Cause some people like, if you try and dance around and be nice about it, they, they, they just might be like, listen, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Just get to the point. Mm -hmm. Like I need to, I just need to hear what you want from me. And if I'm messing up something, tell me I'm messing up and let's move on. <laughs> like, I don't, need, I don't need somebody to hold my hand and make me feel good. I just need to, And other people, it's like, they need it presented a different way. Maybe yeah. they, they need to present, like, hey, like, is something else going on? Because I'm noticing, like, this area of the job, you're not doing quite as well as you used to. Like, is something yeah. distracting you? And, like, within a martial arts context, again, most of the people you're interacting with are students. But it's, again, how do you address those students? How do you talk to them? Because lots of times there, Dan can attest to this, there's a whole other side. It's not just that you're giving people self-defense or mm-hmm. yeah. sport of jiu-jitsu. 
you're kind of almost playing psychologist sometimes to people. Totally. And, you I mean, know, there's an extreme, like, uh, um, uh, like um, emotional aspect to conflict in mm-hmm. general. What I found, you know, this is some of the hardest things. I've been running a school for five years. You know, it's my experience kind of in leadership. And I think some of the hardest situations I've ever come up against is when you kind of realize that, yeah, you know, this, this has to do with something that's very deep seated for this person. It's not only for martial arts Mm -hmm. that they have. And it's just because I think specifically the concept that you're learning to deal with physical conflict in martial arts and that if this person has an issue with conflict in general, they don't approach conflict in a healthy way. And that was, you know, it's because there's just, there's like a professional and personal, there's a, there's a fine line between the professional and the personal Mm -hmm. that I have a business relationship with this student. And ultimately, you know, the, the issue that they're having in the class through their training is a highly personal one. You know, it's like one level, it has to do with their martial arts and their progress and their relationship with the other students, which, you know, is a little bit more detached. Mm -hmm. But the deeper issue is one that, that at least you get the feeling that it's like, yeah, this is something that's big for this person. This is something that they've struggled with for a very long time. And I'm not really close to them in the way that it's always, that it's going to be easy to try to really get at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Are you able, do, do you mind if I like kind of probe a little bit? Sure. Are you yeah. able to get a little bit more specific without it getting too like, um, it was just similar. And once again, you know, there are, there are particular individuals that come to my mind, but personally this kind of, there's the single issue that I would say I've seen with multiple different people is just an inability to, to deal with conflict in a healthy way. Yeah. And yeah. both personal conflict is in struggling with their own progress. Mm-hmm. And then also things like, you know, this actually goes back a little bit to what you were talking about with, you know, the assholes that, that, that yeah. succeed a lot, you know, yeah. is that it's like, you know, I'm sure jujitsu, you have it too, but you'll get those students sometimes that just in sparring, they just want to kick people's asses. Yeah, and of course. They're yeah. not really embracing that idea that sparring is a two way kind of street that, you know, you're just both trying to get better ultimately yeah. and that you save that ass kicking mentality to something that's more like competition. Yeah. Right. It's like you get people like that in the school and like, and in a lot of ways they can be a positive influence, but that's mm-hmm. somebody who has a very different relationship with conflict and to the other, other side of things, which is people that it's just like, they're just paralyzed by it. Yeah. That when they are confronted with conflict, they're not able to use it as an opportunity for personal growth. It just shuts down. What, what, what you're, what's interesting, what you're, you're, you're tapping into, and again, getting into like sort of the nuance, that, you know, so some of the work, the, the work that I do now is literally helping leaders diagnose and understand and see these things mm-hmm. from a purely objective yeah. perspective, right? Okay. So like conflict, what you're talking about, conflict resolution, um, even how you're describing it, like I, I hear it broken down into kind of four quadrants, which is like there's, um, you know, self-awareness, you know, like yeah. there's yeah. social awareness, mm-hmm. there's self-regulation and social influence mm-hmm. and being able to understand sort of like, you know, how those interplay. So start, starting with some self-awareness, you know, there's the science out there in terms of personality types, how personality types interact with each other, yeah. whether it's yeah, yeah. The, the jujitsu or anything else, like that happens all over the place. 
and being able to understand both like how do I deal with conflict because part of the equation is even your per, your perception of it sure. right like yeah, because yeah. you have like you have how you all of us when I say you it's a yeah, kind yeah. of metaphorical you like how you see the world is how you think the rest of the world sees the world yeah 90% of the planet that's how they operate they're like the nuance between they might be aware of like extrovert and introvert or whatever but like you know, they aren't aware of like, you know, this is how I handle conflict. That's how other people handle conflict. So when I want to share something that like yeah. might be difficult to hear, I'm going to share it in the way that I would prefer to hear it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. It, just, <laughs> it just sort yeah. of gets in that well, way. Well, I mean, so as an instructor and for people that are interested in, in teaching, whatever it is that they're teaching or, or if they're already teaching. So you have to manage the room a lot and you have to manage those different personalities. If you put together one kid we're going to use a kid's class who's mm. super rough and aggressive and you know they are and you put them with the most timid kid you might lose that timid kid right away mm-hmm. but to a certain point or at a certain point you have to let those people kind of you're going to run into something that makes yeah. you uncomfortable you have to deal with it mm-hmm. they need and, to have that experience yeah, exactly. at some point but the timing is key. but the skills yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Are, are like but what you're describing is like really down to it yeah. it's like how like what's the exposure to conflict such that that timid person can recognize exactly what to what they might be able to anticipate when that moment arises have we been sure. able to expose somebody to that before they're in that situation right. or and you know? the flip side of it is too is that sometimes those kids or adults that are hyper aggressive and competitive mm. and they want to go they don't want to be taking the time to lift that other person up and get them. Mm-hmm. They're like, I need another person that's going to go to work with me right now. And while everybody else in the room is getting five reps in, we're getting 20. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a, a group of people. If you partner up, they're just going to joke around the whole time. And yeah, you yeah. see that with adults and kids. It's like, if you put those two together and you let them work together, they're just going to sit there and talk the whole time. They're not going to get anything done. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, you're constantly having to manage the room, but to it at a certain point, you also have to be like, you know, Maybe that's just what they want to come here and do. Maybe they're just coming here to socialize and, and, and relax. And they're a paying customer, which is – it's a little bit different if, it, if, if it's like your staff, obviously. Yeah. But even within that, like you want people to have a good time and want to come to work and enjoy what they're doing. Well, you're, you're, you're even another – if I can throw out more models. I'm drawing yeah. – for the listeners, I'm drawing, I'm drawing models in the air with my fingers. But like on an X, Y axis of like what's most important. Is the outcome most important or is the relationship most important? Yeah. Right? So like depending upon what's going on in those certain situations, if the outcome, like making sure they have drilled this particular move – or they've, you know, you need like this person to develop more, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you're going to be more directive as a leader, as a teacher about what the, what it is. But if the relationship is most important, and you're like, well, all right, I don't need them to learn this. If anything, I need them to feel like they got it and then yeah. fail. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, so they don't. And they realize they don't have it. Like then you're like, all right, cool. Your idea is going to be great. I know where it's going to go, but yeah, go yeah. right ahead and like. You know, those are some choices, again, to, when you think about, like, from a leadership teaching or whatever perspective, like, that you yeah. get to make versus sort of, like, the instinctual, which is, I think, the lessons learned from, like, my first venture and to yeah. others was most of everything I did in the beginning was instinctual. And then as I've gotten older and more refined it, and I'm like, oh, I'm at choice points all the time. Yeah. You know, I have to remember, like, even right now, like... I'm, you know, being able to be mindful of like, am I dominating the conversation? Am I not dominating the conversation? Yeah. Am I like adding value in a way that's meaningful for both? Like, like just sure. being conscious of that and intentional. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the inherent conflict that you kind of always need to be mitigating because you find it everywhere. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
That's, that's just, again, just something I find particularly interesting about martial arts because it's so kind of, um, what's the word for it? It's like, it, it gives you a very direct experience with conflict as in mm-hmm. like physical combat in some sense. And it gives you, and it opens doors to understanding conflict in a broader sense that yeah. it's always there. I, you don't mind, I'd love to share a little bit of a teaching technique that yeah, yeah, both it. you guys and what you would think about it. So, and I can think of adults that have taught that have had this issue, but it's often the young kids. And that's a little bit of my own, you know, motivations for teaching is that I really want to be you know, helping people to live better lives. And I especially, I teach karate and it's mostly kids that I teach. And I want to give them kind of experiences that will that they can take with them in their life that really helps to form the person that they are. And one of the ones I've spent the most time just thinking about and trying to figure out how I can be a better teacher for are those students, you know, cause it's like the ones that take to conflict immediately and are able to really succeed. You know, the way that I always look at it with those students that are talented and driven and everything like that, it's like, they're awesome. I love having them in my school. I'll be proud of them just like any of my other students, but I can't help but have the feeling that I'm like, this kid's going to be okay, and I'm not making that much of a difference here. <laughs> you know, it's kind of yeah. like, these are the kinds of kids that it's like, you'll be successful, and you don't need a very good teacher because for whatever reason, you seem to be gifted that you have it, mm-hmm. that you're going to be, you're going to be able to make it, you're going to be successful in the things that you do. And the students that I try to really be better for are the ones that are more timid, that are not, that they have a natural just discomfort with the physical combat and with conflict in general. And one of, I've had this conversation with a couple of different students and I felt that it has made, felt that I made some progress with them where I kind of tell them that like, okay, you don't want to fight. That's a good thing. You know, there's nothing wrong. You shouldn't want to fight. Fighting is a bad thing. You can enjoy it and it can be fun in some ways. You know, I always did from the time that I was young. But at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing that you're the kind of person that has an, a natural aversion to conflict. You don't want to fight. You don't step up to it. If somebody challenges you. And it's not just with martial arts and physical fighting, just like, you know, like just arguments with people. I grew up in a family yeah, where we all, where I grew up I, an yeah. Italian family where we all fight with each other a lot. <laughs> you know? It's like that. Like when someone challenges me, I have a very deep, you know, instinctual just need to immediately fight back. And it can be a negative thing too. And I know, that I recognize in my students that a lot of them, they just don't have that. And when they're challenged, they just shrink. Mm-hmm. That's their natural reaction. I try to tell them that you're going to, you, whether you want to fight or not, you're going to have to fight. That's what life is. Whatever you want in your life, you got to fight for it. And whether you're talking about really directly, like you're getting bullied at school and these kids think that they can push you around and you don't want to fight them. So the bullying just continues and they have no respect for you that way. Or talking about, you know, a job interview, you got to yeah. fight for that job mm-hmm. or that girl's attention. You got to fight for that girl's attention. doesn't matter if you want to. You got to do it. You got to learn how to do it because otherwise you will live your whole life just being at the whim of other people. You're going to get left behind like that. And I think that it's something that 
it just I, that I identify as someone who teaches martial arts is something that I feel that I can really, you know, I can, I can help people with that issue through martial arts. You can learn to be good at this. You can learn that you can fight and you can push back and you're not helpless. And that will change the way that you approach that. Hopefully that'll help to change the way you approach everything in your life. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a long process too. And it's one of those things that I feel like, you know, it's kind of like, it's the job of a good teacher that, you know, you're a guide, you're kind of showing them the way, but they got to walk the path themselves. And you know, like a, a good, I guess the, what a good teacher should do is you just don't give up on them. You don't stop guiding them and trying to show them that way. But until they decide to walk it, you know, it's kind of, it's, a, it's an element of helplessness to it as well, that it's kind of like, I can be there for them and try to give them the guidance that I think that they need mm-hmm. to get to that place. But until they decide that they're going to walk that path, it's nothing you can really do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what I appreciate what you just shared, I think is, is a, and I can tell just given the passion you just had with it, right. Yeah. Was a sense of, you know, the importance of standing up for what, you know, is important for you and what you need and what's there. Right. Um, I think what a lot of people lack are the skills to do that. Right. Like you talk about like how, like, like conflict, there's such thing as healthy conflict, you know, like, like, can you be aware of those types of things and, and how you communicate? Like, I, like I come back to, um, uh, so if you guys have heard of Brene Brown, um, I'm not, no. uh, she has a really great TED talk on, on vulnerability and authenticity and leadership. She had a new book came out about a, about a year or so ago called dare to lead. Um, you know, my favorite thing that she, she, um, she shares is, is called clear as kind, you know? So like nice and kind are two different things. Nice is like, yeah. oh, it's okay. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. kind is like, I want to let you know, I really care about you and what you just shared with right now offended sure. me. Oh, like, and we can work through that together because sure. I really respect our relationship. Okay. Like yeah. clear, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, and, and I think those are the things that we, we get to, people don't know how to have that conflict. They don't even know the language or the vernacular or whatever to even do those types of things or create an environment yeah. to be able to say like, my experience right now of what we've just went through is X. Like, it doesn't mean it's real, but like, I felt like it come up in me that I was, I was, I was angered by what you shared and I want to understand what that means or at least find a way that we can work differently going forward. Yeah. Right. We right. talk about leadership, yeah. teaching, like partnership, all the things you've been going over again, the ability for us to not only own again, self-awareness and self-regulation, but then social awareness and social influence, be able to know and model what that is for other people because like when I heard you say like, like you have to fight Mm -hmm. like immediately inside of me, it was like, but what is, but how, (laughs) you know, like, like, like I imagine myself being like, if someone said you have to fight and I remember being young and being like, yeah, I can do that. But even that, the context, the definition of fight is still young and new to me. It's like, what does that really mean for myself? Yeah. And it made me ask a bunch of questions that made me want to ask more questions of students or, or, or whatever. Like, what does fight mean to you? Sure. You know, because that timid person, like, they probably know how to fight. But what does fight mean to them? Yeah. You know? and That's what, a big one that I would say that's like fighting comes naturally to people. It's like it's survival. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that we're all here today means that all of our ancestors survived long enough to be So it's in all of us, It's right? in all of you. It, I, you know, it's something but – so to give you a definition of what I would say – to fight, I guess maybe a better 
word for it is to compete. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be able to face up to competition and to understand that when you're challenged, mm-hmm. you know, like that, it's that if you don't you know, believe in yourself and you're able to step up to it, that you can do this mm-hmm. and that it should be me that gets that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's yeah. like, absolutely. Be, and you're like that kind of thing that that's, I guess the kind of confidence that I really want more than anything else to be helping to develop in my students through martial arts. I love that. that like like there's thing. something even there. It's like yeah. fighting like against your natural instincts, right? Sure. You know, like, like I have, I've learned over my, over time that like I get defensive when I get challenged yeah. or I'm unprepared. And so I get more defensive when I'm unprepared or like, yeah. for example, I'm throwing a 70th birthday party for my parents. My sister sent me a text being like, like, do we have a DJ? Do we have a dance floor? Do we have a venue? And she's just being nice yeah. and helping. But yeah. at the same time, I was like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like, I got this. Right. But like, I didn't have it. I don't have a DJ yet. <laughs> right. And I just like had that come up. So I've like learned to be like, all right, defensiveness is actually an alarm for me to look at. What am I being defensive about? Yeah. You know, so can I fight against that natural instinct such that I can stand for what I want, who, yeah. who I believe I, I deserve to be, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, I actually think that a large part of, of the underlying thing that makes the people afraid to compete or fight or whatever we're going to label it is actually more of a fear of failure than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're not willing to do those things, but they're like, if I fail, what is everybody else going to think of me? Mm-hmm. And what am I even going to think of myself? Because if I'm not successful, like, I'm not good enough. So then they don't even start. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I think the fear of failure is such a huge thing. I think that's a huge, like, I, I think it's, it's hard. I, I've, I've obviously had some issues with that as well. But sure. I, I, like, wow. I think everybody has. But to a certain extent, there's a point, I feel like, where everybody reaches where they're like, okay, uh, I'm not going to get everything right all the time. And that's okay. So I might as well just try What's the worst? Like, I, I won a match that you were at and it choked, you both were at. I choked the guy and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, two, three weeks later, I got embarrassed and got caught in a flying arm bar by a guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it is what it is. But some people, they're like, oh, I'm done now. I made it, pe- people saw me. I'm not this invincible thing. And especially in martial mm-hmm. arts, there's this, you're supposed to be invincible, especially if you're an instructor. It's like, well, no, you're not invincible. You're just a person. You're going to get things wrong. And mm-hmm. it's okay when you get things wrong. You have to bounce back from it. Now, another thing that you, you mentioned was this nice first kind thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think this is something that's huge for instructors, people that are – whatever you're teaching mm-hmm. when, in a group setting. All the time in class, there's a kid or an adult that's the nicest person in the world, and they want the, their partner to feel good. So they fake – their partner doing the move correctly. And you're actually doing that person a disservice because mm-hmm. you're too concerned about how they feel and how they perceive themselves. And you're like, I want this person to feel good that you start faking. And then they're going to end up thinking that they actually know how to do something mm-hmm. that they've never done uh, right one time. They've they never done it right. Manufacturing success. Exactly. That's so like, like that you're actually doing a, dis- yeah. you're doing a disservice to this person. It's yeah. like, it's, it's not wrong to be like, and if you don't want to be the person to be like, hey, they're doing... You, that's what the instructor's there for. You go, hey, something's off. I don't know what, what's off. Can you c- fix it for this person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I see it all the time where like a kid is just like flopping themselves to the ground on a takedown. And you're like, if this kid ends up in a situation where they actually need this move, they're going to think that they know it right now and they actually don't. And you can apply that to anything in life. Anything yeah. in life. Yeah. It's like 
you can, I, I remember in high school, I passed, I, I got like B's and A's in Spanish. I can't do any Spanish. <laughs> I, just, I, was just, I was just doing enough and I, I was like working with some people that were like helping me get by and then I got by, but I don't know any Spanish. I can say, hola, hola. <laughs> muy bien, like... Donde esta el and, and like I remember there was like a, a teacher, I think I was like in sophomore year, who like, I think like she was like, oh, stay after class one day and we'll put some work in because you have time. And, and she pretty much did the work for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you actually literally now I look back and I'm like, I'm like, I understand what you were trying to do. But you actually, it was a disservice. Mm-hmm. I would have gotten more out of it if you had just like been like, you deserve a D. You obviously aren't, <laughs> aren't putting in the work. You, you, you can't speak Spanish. So put in the work, right? I, I, it comes up over and over and again. You know, lots of people inherently want to make other people feel good. So you don't want to. What, what, what you're, you're tapping into, which I think is actually like a really fundamental part of leadership and your, the idea that, you know, what are the rules of the game that you're setting up for the people that you're, that you're leading? Yeah. Right? Like, what are the conditions in the classroom? So if I'll, I'll do facilitation yeah. and I know that I have, an, I have 90 minutes of facilitation I got to do with, like, a C-suite team for a Fortune 500 company who I'm like, I have no idea how the fuck <laughs> I'm in this room right now yeah. and I'm here to teach you about conflict resolution? Like, fuck that. I don't belong here. <laughs> but I have to create some constraints in the room, like, yeah. like healthy boundaries where it's like, I need to – I know the conversation might go this way. There might be a tangent where they're going to start talking a lot. I put up a sheet on the board and it's like, it's called tangent. I have the veto card anytime I hear you guys riffing and then you also do as well to yell tangent and that conversation has to stop because we have other shit we got to get on yeah. to, right? Or there's like the parking lot, like another idea that you're like, oh, we should probably do that. Put it in the parking lot idea because that's not the point of us learning yeah. these conflict skills right now. Same thing with teachers in the classroom, partnerships or whatever. It's like... You know, here are my expectations. Here of the, here's the things I want you to be looking for, so we can all self like regulate together. You yeah. know, like letting people know, like if you don't feel it feeling right, don't fake it. Yeah, tell yeah. me. Like even like creating the space for somebody to feel like they that's not a failure on their part to like reach out for help for their partners. Yeah, and shit, yeah. You know? Well, and and I like that you mentioned the tangent thing because that's again you being honest with yourself. I have a huge problem when I teach. Mm-hmm. Somebody asks a question and it's like a little bit off topic. I'll go down the waterfall, and then I'll look up and I'm like, I'm like, oh, we were supposed to actually break up and start working on the moves like eight minutes ago. Yeah. But now we, because the question was asked and I feel like I want to answer it. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh my God, I just let myself get so wrapped up in this. I'm doing a disservice to everybody in the room. It's like, hey, let's, I, I, again, you know, you have to constantly be wanting to improve no matter how great you are or you great you think you are yeah. or even if you think you're just mediocre, you still have to constantly be self-assessing. I'm like, okay, well, I got to make sure that I don't do this all the time. Right. This isn't benefiting anybody. Be having some sidebar deep like philosophical jujitsu conversation <laughs> that one person in the room is even probably following. Everybody else is like, what is this guy talking about? Well, it's wasting everybody's time. Well, again, what's the common denominator? What's the, the core value, the core goal, the core mission of your company, your group or whatever? When you have really strong guiding principles that – like th- these other little things kind of get taken care of on their own. Yeah. Like, like if it's known and understood by everybody that comes into your, you know, your, your, your school or whatever, like we are here to get better. Yeah. Like we're, we are here so we can compete yeah. or we are here so that we can defend ourselves. Like what's your primary objective? What's yeah. your prime directive? Right. Yeah. Like when that's known and you get to be like, is this, is like, is that helping that directive? You know, just bring it back the mirror to yeah. it. You're like, oh, right. 
you know, same thing in business and whatever, like, uh, like clarity on that, like, is so powerful. You know, I'm actually glad you mentioned the compete thing because a school that is based on competition, well, you have to train differently than a school that's just like, like Tim, like we, like, yeah, our, yeah. Our, our, one of our best friends growing up, like his school is primary competition, primarily yeah, competition. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. different environment. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's crazy. That's one of those things in martial arts in general. Cause it's like, what's martial arts for? It's, is it for self-defense? Is it for just art? expression like that is it for athletic competition and like that and i think for most people you know for most schools it's like it's of course some combination of those three yeah. elements usually mm-hmm. there's 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 elements of all three in there somewhere but it's helpful to choose a focus as a teacher yeah. as to what and, you know that, that your whole yeah. like if you think about the cascading impact and maybe this is probably a good place for yeah. it to round out too but like the cascading impact of your decision as a a person opening their school or a, you're choosing a particular service that you're offering as part of your school or whatever, like the prime directive that you have there will have a, will affect everything else, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So if it's crystal clear, everything else should pretty much work. Yeah. And yeah. it goes back to something we were talking about earlier, you know, like not every school, not every business, not every job is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you stick to what you believe in and do your thing, it's going to work itself out. Because if you're like, hey, we're a competition school and you just want to come here and get like a quick workout in and learn some self-defense, this isn't the school yeah. for you. And that comes back to confidence. Is that LA being like, down the road? Yeah, yeah. Being like, being like th- but this just isn't like, there's four schools up the street in the general area that I think fit your vibe better and that's okay. But I think lots of times people are like, I don't want to. Turn business away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, you're. you're that's you're, scarcity you're, versus abundance. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, so like, and that happens a lot with everything. Yeah. Um, but like, it's like you, we can, let's talk about law, for example, you know, like it's completely different if you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be a defense attorney versus I'm going to go do law for fortune 500 companies. Yeah. And if like, somebody's like, Hey, I want to come in. I, I, I got into law because I want to help people mm-hmm. that are, you know, maybe they're coming from an underprivileged background and they're, right. they don't have somebody to represent them. Well, you shouldn't probably be doing law for a fortune 500 company. Right, You're, it doesn't align. Right, the goals don't align. The vibe doesn't align. It's and it won't be fit. sustainable. Exactly, and you'll be miserable. The relationship <laughs> will fail for both people. There will be both people who are going to be like, "Listen, this yeah. isn't working." You just reminded me of my grandma, who's eighty six years old. It's like she hears that somebody's a lawyer. It's just like lawyer is this big, <laughs> like just, just this one thing that if you're a lawyer, you know everything about the law and can help with any legal problem that a person might have. All right, uh, man. I, I'd love to have you on again. I think Dan agrees. Dude, this was fun. Uh, yeah. well, nice I, to meet you, man. Likewise, uh, brother. Yeah. As a little like, uh, you know, I guess foreshadowing. I, I think it would be cool to have you back on, maybe to talk some about meditation, which I know yeah. you said is something that you kind of got into as a result of leadership stuff and yeah, being in leadership because, positions. Yeah, dealing with failure is. It's nice to be able to be like. We're all just stardust. Nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like that's something that combines well with the topics that we talk about with martial arts. And again, I, yeah. I think it would be cool to do this again sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, definitely hardly to. touch the surface. Really, yeah. There we go. Like something that I think would be interesting, maybe for next time, is to talk about negative aspects of leadership, mm-hmm. like cults, yeah. and stuff like that. How leadership can be abused. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you learn more from like the bad that. than you do from the good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Keep training, everybody.